Thank you, Andrew. The months uh, leading up to the birth of our first daughter, Lucy, uh, were full of pretty much one thing. What the heck were we going to name her? We didn't have a clue whether she was going to be a boy or a girl. In fact, I was 99% convinced that I was having a boy. So she was a bit of a surprise when she popped out. Our surname is Earl. Now, Earl's a bit of a tricky one if you're thinking about initials. For example, we both quite liked Peter. P-Earl, Pearl. Not great for a boy. And then if you think about Hannah, which was another favourite, H-Earl, Hurl. Not particularly friendly to call your child. I then talked to my midwife about it and she said, oh, well, I had a child born on Christmas Day. I said, oh, brilliant, there's lots of options then. Holly, Noel, you know, nice names. They, oh, no, they called her Santa. (laughs) No lie. Honestly. Really. It was a girl as well, so that's a bit of a tricky one when they get to school, isn't it? Having a child, having a baby, especially your first one, is a time of excitement, expectation, great joy, and concern. It's a bit of a tricky old time because you're planning, but you don't really know what you're letting yourself in for. We had a baby that did not sleep longer than two hours for the first six months. That was a moment. That was a real challenge at points. Pregnancy is a time of expectation. What will my baby look like? We thought about that a few times. Would it inherit my good looks and charm? Or Richard's mouth that he can get his whole fist into? Actually, yeah, she's inherited Richard's mouth. You should see what she can do with two baby belts. Incredible. How would I cope as a mummy? That was a question I asked myself a lot. What would she grow into? Who would she end up marrying? What job would she end up having? Expectations and questions. If you've got kids, I'm sure you went through this yourself and that I'm not alone. Towards the end of my pregnancy, a a Bible passage became really significant to me. It's found in the Psalms, which is a book of songs written by King David. And he says this, O Lord have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are really familiar with all my ways. And then the song goes on to say, for you were created, for you created me in my inmost being. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful to me. I know that so, so well. God created my little girl and knitted her together. He knew her and he understood her before I had ever met her. That's the same for Shayla. God knitted her together in the beautiful way that she has now appeared to us. He knew what personality she would have before we even saw a glimpse of it. He has dreams and longings for her, even more dreams and longings for her than we can even begin to imagine. God has purposes and plans for her, just as he has for me and for you. 
If you're a regular member of uh, Burlington, you'll know that we are following a sermon series at the moment, looking at the world that God created and our responsibility as Christians in that world. We're calling it Global Gospel. Jump on our website and find out a little bit more about what you've missed if you haven't been here. But today we're at a point where we're thinking about the fact that God has made us and he calls each of us to have a part to play in our world. And we're going to explore that together under a few headings. We're going to think about the fact that God calls us to know him, know God. We're going to think about the fact that God calls us to grow in him. And then he calls us to go with him, go with God. Think about the first one for a moment. Two photographs, exactly the same up there. Which one catches your eye? The colour one. Wrong answer, thank you. I quite like the black and white one, especially when it was on its own on the screen. When I put it up there the other day, I thought, that's a nice picture. You can just about see the swirling seas. You can just about see uh, the swirling clouds. I like it, but it's not eye-catching. It's not what draws me in. Another question. If you were to live in one of those worlds, which one would you want to live in? The colour one. The black and white world would be jolly boring. In fact, you all look quite good from here. You're all beautiful in every single way. Praise God that he created a world in all its colour and all its depth. But getting to know God is about discovering that actually world, our world isn't black and white. There's a whole colour world to explore. God created us not to live in a black and white world, not to live in a place that's dull, not to live in a world that is very monochrome and boring. God created us to live in a world that is alive, that has so much in it. God created us to live in a world that's a multicoloured one. Life as a Christian is like living in that full-colour photograph. It's how we were designed to live. You see, Jesus promised that he would give us life to the full. And we can't do that without knowing who Jesus is and what kind of God he came from. You see, God knows us and he loves us. God made us and he created us with a purpose. And first of all, that purpose is to know him. And when you get to know him, you discover that he is a great God. And you discover that the world you can live in is full of color, full of life. We are designed to know him. And life only works when we get to know him and we live in a relationship with him. But our second purpose follows on a little bit from You see, we're created to know God, but we're also created to grow in him. When me and Rich got married, we went to Tobago on honeymoon. I would recommend it, especially at this time of year when it's jolly cold here. I remember arriving and looking out the window on our first day and going, I never knew the sea could be that blue. I also remember meeting some people in the restaurant and thinking, I never knew people could be this relaxed. They've just got such a chilled way of living. Eventually, you've got to drink. Anyway, it was great. I remember discovering a whole new world that I'd never seen here in Ipswich. 
beautiful beaches, deep turquoise sea, sky as blue as blue could be. And we spent a week exploring it in its roads in a little jeep. It was an interesting experience. We spent a week exploring it by swimming and snorkeling. We spent a week just going, wow, what an amazing place. When you become a Christian, you discover that there is a whole new world to discover. You see, a few weeks ago, uh, Simon Barrington highlighted what the kingdom of God looks like. When you become a Christian, you enter the kingdom of God. You see a new world. And it's an interesting world. You see, it's a world where God listens to us, a a world where we know that God loves us. It's a world where God offers us wisdom through his Bible, which we've already read today. It's a world where you have a church family, not just a biological one. It's a world where you know your future is completely now and when you die. And it's a God, you get to know a God who transforms you completely. The Bible says that we are God's workmanship. Our minds, our hearts, our whole lives have been created by God. And when we become Christians, we leave our whole life behind and we have a new life that he gives us. When I was 16 years old, I became a Christian. Uh, Previous to that, in my early teens, I'd been known as a rebel, uh, especially by my mum and dad. And I'd done all kinds of things that I was ashamed of, all kinds of things that up to that point had separated me from God in every way. When I was 15, I started to discover that God was the answer to many of my deep longings and questions that I had. And when I was 16, I discovered that God completely could transform my world and he gave me a new future and a new start. That was hugely significant for me. God completely transformed me. And I've spent the rest of my life up till now growing in him, exploring that new world and listening to him, loving him back, growing in his wisdom and exploring the new world. But finally, God asks us to go with him. And this is where we're up to in our sermon series. You see, God has called us and he longs for us to know him and he longs for us to grow in him and then he says I'd like you to go with me I'd like you to go with me the world that we live in is an interesting world you see the kingdom that God created wasn't supposed to look like this as that bible reading that we had read to us from Luke reminds us There was supposed to be a world where there was no sickness, no pain, no poverty. Widows were cared for, orphans were parented, hungry were fed, and those who'd been enslaved were set free. God's world was designed to be like this, but we humans got involved. And a world that should have been a world of peace became a world of war. And a world that should have been a place of justice became a place of injustice. A world that should have been filled with joy became a world of tears. A family, we found orphans. A world that should have been fair was surrounded by greed. The Bible documents this really well. Our newspapers document this really, really well. The world that we live in today is not as God intended it to be. But he had a solution And bizarrely, involved you 
and it involved me. Crazy idea, God. Go trust someone else. No, God says, I have a purpose for each of you. I want you to know me and therefore know my ways. I want you to know me and therefore go with me to see that the world becomes a different place. God says, get to know me and I will equip you to live my ways on earth, which will see this earth changed. Bear with me while I tell you a story that I read this week. A little boy about 10 years old was standing before a shoe shop on the roadway. He was barefoot and peeping through a window. A lady approached the boy and said, Little fellow, why are you looking through that window? He replied, I was asking God to give me a pair of shoes. The lady took him by his hand and went into the store, asked the assistant to get half a dozen pair of socks for the boy and then washed his feet with a basin of water. He quickly brought them to her and then as she did, she washed them away. And then she put socks on his feet and found some shoes that fitted. She brought them for him and then another pair as well. She patted him on the head and said, No doubt, my little fellow, you feel a lot more comfortable now. As she turned to go, the astonished lad caught her by the hand and looked at her in the face. He had tears in his eyes and he answered the question with these words. Are you God's wife? (laughs) A funny story, but in some ways God's asks us to be his hands. God asks us to partner with him to see that the world becomes a different place. God asks us to bring a bit of his kingdom here on earth. That second reading we had, which we will explore a little bit more next week, talks very much about that. Paul and Barnabas have become Christians. They've discovered God in an amazing, incredible way. And then God said to them, I want you to go. I want you to go. I want people to pray for you. And then I want you to go to preach the good news of Jesus Christ, but also to live it and to show it. And the rest of the book of Acts tells us of that story. It tells us about the fact that there were miracles. Our young people today are looking at whether miracles really happen today or whether they were just a thing of the past. I believe miracles happen today because God's the same God and he's still at work. The rest of the book of Acts talks about people finding out who God is because people went and told them. The rest of the book of Acts is about amazing healings happening, new churches being planted, new people discovering how great God is. Many of you would have heard the story that I'm going to end with, but it's worth saying again. It's one of those stories that no one quite knows who it's about. There are lots of things, but let me just share it as we come to close. One day, an old man was walking along the beach in the early morning, and he noticed that the tide had washed thousands of starfish up on the shore. Up ahead in the distance, he spotted a boy who appeared to be gathering up some starfish, and one by one, he was tossing them back into the ocean. He approached the boy and asked him, Why are you spending so much energy and time doing this? The boy replied, if these starfish are left out, then they will be baked in the sun and by the afternoon they will be dead. The old man gazed out as far as he could see and he responded, but there are hundreds of miles of beach, thousands of starfish. 
You can't possibly rescue them all. What difference will throwing a few starfish make anyway? The boy held his starfish up in one hand, threw it into the sea and replied, It's sure going to make a difference to this one. God calls us to know him. God calls us to grow in him. And then he says, go with me. Find out what I'm doing here in Ipswich. Find out what I'm doing in this country. Find out what I'm doing in the far-flung areas of this world. And go make a small difference. Because it's an eternal difference. And it makes a difference to one. Let's pray together. Lord, I know nothing better than to know you when I met you and discovered who you really are, Lord, friend, saviour, king, it transformed my world. When I discovered that you love me, even though you see the depths of my heart, it transformed my world. When I discovered that you had plans for me, it changed the course of my life. Help us here, Lord Jesus, in these moments to know you. Some of us know you well, and Lord, may you remind us of those moments where we first met you. Some of us may not know you at all. Lord, help us to get to know you this week. Help us to question you, to seek you, and when we do, may we find you. Help us to grow in you, Lord, to discover this new world And help us to go with you, Lord. Here I am, send me. Lord, we're sorry that the world isn't the way that you intended it to be. We're sorry. Sorry for the times when we've played that part. Where we've acted in greed. Where we've acted unjustly. And on huge scale, Lord Jesus, we're sorry for the times when governments and powers have not acted in your ways. We may be one or two, but Lord, we hear the call that you give us to go with you to make a difference, to bring your kingdom here on earth.